Hello and welcome to the Epi Current. My name is Samantha Gilman, your host for this episode. And today we'll be taking a look back and a look forward at sustainability research at EPRI and across the energy industry. More specifically, we'll be discussing the Energy Sustainability Interest Group. We're joined by three excellent guests. First off, Jessica Fox, Principal Technical Executive at EPRI, Greg Rouse, Senior Technical Leader at EPRI, and then Sandy Nessing, Vice President and Chief Sustainability Officer at AEP. Thank you all for joining today. I'd like to first give you guys an opportunity to tell us a little bit about what you do at your respective organizations. So why don't we go ahead and start with Jessica? Hi, thank you for having me. Um, I've been at EPRI for a little over 20 years, um, and I've worked in different departments, including um, our sustainability programs, um, pollinator initiatives, and water and ecosystems. That's right. If you remember back last April, uh, we had an episode with Jessica on the Power and Pollinators Party. So go back and watch that one from last year. Uh, Next, Greg, tell us a little bit about what you do at EPRI. Happy to, and thank you for having us. So yeah, so I'm a senior technical leader at EPRI, and I'm really focused on our sustainability portfolio of research. Uh, And for the last two years, I've had the honor of leading the Energy Sustainability Interest Group, uh, or ESIG. Uh, and so I'm leading the research projects, organizing and facilitating webcasts and workshops, uh, and ultimately managing that utility membership that engages in this uh, body of research. Great. And last but not least, Sandy, tell us a little bit about what you do at AEP. Well, thank you. Really happy to have the opportunity to be here with you. Um, I have been at AEP for 18 years and actually got sustainability started here uh, b- back in 2006. So it's been quite the journey um, and have been involved with ESIG and EPRI since the inception of the sustainability programs um, at EPRI. I've seen a lot of positive change, a lot of challenges, not unique to AEP, but certainly across um, the industry. You know, when we began this journey, sustainability was so new to our sector. We were just putting out basic sustainability reports, trying to figure out what to report on, what to measure, how to measure it. Um, and, you know, fast forward 15 years and we've come so far. At AEP, I lead that team. Um, I have a small team of four and we're, we're, we're responsible for all of our uh, disclosure, stakeholder engagement. We in- engage a lot with investors and large customers. Um, so it runs the gamut, much of what my peers see. Wonderful. So before we get too much farther into the conversation, let's talk a little bit about what eSIG is. And we're talking about this at an exciting time because it's my understanding that the interest group is celebrating their 15-year anniversary this year, which is excellent. So, uh, Greg, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the interest group? Absolutely. Happy to. So, yes. So it's really exciting that this group has been around for 15 years, which is uh, pretty you know, unprecedented for a sustainability interest group in the industry. And it's grown pretty robust. So right now we have 40 energy utilities over the U.S. and Canada. Uh, they represent over $1.8 trillion in assets and collectively serve over 130 million customers. Uh, so it's a robust group. And these conversations that we have, you know, have real impact out there. Um, this group is really focused on doing research that provides tools and resources and insights that can really inform those year in and year out decisions that are being made uh, within this really big topic that is sustainability, right? So we're thinking about identifying the sustainability priorities for 
the industry and for organizations in the first place. Uh, and then from there, you know, as Sandy alluded to, what are the goals? What are the targets that are being set to make progress on those priorities? What metrics are being used? Uh, what, how can we benchmark sustainability performance within the industry? Uh, and then a, a topic that's really hot right now also is that reporting and disclosure piece of it. So how are companies communicating their sustainability data? What kind of frameworks and guidances are they using? Um, and especially during this transition from that being a very voluntary activity, so looking at it being more of a mandatory activity uh, with regulations from the SEC coming out uh, and states putting out regulations as well that will require companies to disclose on climate activities. So uh, a lot of research uh, uh, within this big topic that is sustainability. And with the group reaching 15 years, Jessica, I know you were involved at the very beginning. Can you tell us a bit about what the group was like in those early days and how it's changed to today? Back in 2008, when we kind of were getting launched and getting going, it, it took a couple years prior to that to develop the logic and to make the business case for companies to talk about sustainability and then to join a collaborative effort so that you don't have just each company sort of going at it on their own. Um, the electric power companies, you know, EPRI made the case, this is an important topic globally and hey, let's work together on shared research. So these topics, you know, Sandy alluded to this and Sandy is just an absolute powerhouse in the space of corporate sustainability. I mean, she was there at the beginning and she she, she was absolutely there at the beginning and helped not only um, this industry, but other industries kind of think about what are their strategies around corporate sustainability um, and thinking just what are we talking about? So back in the day, it was like, well, the first meeting I went to after my boss was like, can you come and help lead the group? We were talking about paper and plastic cups and double-sided printing, right? With electric power companies. And I was like, well, it's interesting, but we have such bigger topics to cover. And that was at a time when even um, the, still the debate about what were the sources of climate change, what was contributing to climate change were still on the, on the table. Do power companies even have a role in biodiversity and water and climate change and what is that role? So just getting our, our hands around what are we talking about when we say sustainability? What do we mean by that? And then, you know, how do we measure it? So what are the topics? What are the metrics? And then we went, you know, all the way from a really small group, you know, maybe five, six companies back in the day in 2008 and nine, and then 2012, 2013, we had 30 companies and then we grew to 40 companies. And now it's just become this very impressive group in its third generation of leadership now of the largest collaboration of electric power companies kind of pooling thoughts and ideas around how to advance corporate sustainability. So it's, it's been it's just completely changed in the last 15 years. And Jessica, as you mentioned, Sandy's been a member of the interest group from the beginning. So Sandy, I'd like to hear a little bit uh, from the industry perspective. What was, how has your journey been with the group? Oh, it's been fabulous. Um, you know, I, I was going through some of the old meeting summaries <laughs> to see what some of the issues were that we were actually talking about. Um, you know, this was the first sector focused 
professional group for sustainability professionals um, back then. It, and it still really is the only sector. I mean, EEI has jumped in on other issues, but from a sustainability science and the things that we're talking about, um, ESIG has been there and EPRI's been there from the get-go. Um, I remember that that table with six or eight people. Maybe we were 12 or 15 with EPRI involved. Um, and it was there was such a hunger for learning and sharing with each other. Um, we were all so new to this. There were very few companies that had actually published sustainability reports at that point. Um, I looked back at a meeting back in, I think it was 2010, and one of the one of the companies for the first time was sharing their sustainability strategy journey, how, how they put it together, what it looked like, what the KPIs were. And I remember all of us were like deer in the headlights. How did you do that? <laughs> Um, but that's the kind of thing that we did, you know, over time and learned how to do. We needed to do that. You know, we, we are very integral to the business strategy of our companies and, and moving it forward. Right. Um, and so EPRI and ESIG have really helped us to do that by having a voice and bringing, you know, science-based research, data-driven research that can, that proves the point why we need to do this, where we need to go. Um, and that's been, you know, really tremendous. You know, I look at, at, you know, to your point, Jessica, three generations, it's really amazing. You know, I have three generations of people on my team, you know, guess, guess who's the oldest, <laughs> but, but, but literally they are the ones who are engaged in, with EPRI programs. And ESIG is certainly front and center on that. And, and it's really important to them. And I'm hearing them talk about things and do things. And some of it's very similar to what we started with and, and how we progressed. It's just in a different place today. It's way more advanced today than, than it was back then. To your point, we were really trying to figure out how do we, how do we talk about sustainability? I remember when I came to AEP, people were like, what is that? <laughs> you know, and so just figuring out what the common language was, was a big, was a big step forward. And the way that we advance, like the way that Sandy, there's these trailblazers, right? So Sandy's a trailblazer at AEP and other companies as well. Like, what are we talking about? And helping to explain, say, well, this is what we mean. And this is what these other companies mean too. It's, it really, um, it was, a, it, it, it did sort of help set some of the terms. So now thinking about these next generations of leaders um, is really something to go back to the ESIG meetings, like sometimes once in a while, drop in with Greg and just sort of sit in the back. But to hear some of the same topics covered over again, on one side, acknowledgement that some of the older crew, um, you know, like my kid is now applying for the jobs to work for us, right? So like I'm an older crew, right? Um, but the, the, there can be sort of some impatience, right? And saying, why do we keep talking about the same things? Haven't we figured this out yet? Why are we talking about what metric we should use for greenhouse gas or biodiversity or safety or whatever? I think a little bit of patience on um, the next generation coming in, repeating conversations in a new place of culture and receiving information from a different perspective is really valuable um, to, to have, yeah. So you, both of you just mentioned, you know, the research that's going on within ESIG. Greg, as the current leader, can you tell us a bit about what the group is actively working on and what research priorities 
So we just completed a project, actually, um, a refresh, actually, of, of previous work that we call the sustainability priorities for the North American energy industry. And this is the fourth iteration of this research since the first um, uh, look at this type of study was done in 2013. And I, and I think Jessica was involved in that. Um, and the goal here is really to establish this industry level list of, of sustainability priorities. And by that, we're talking about uh, economic, environmental, and social factors that have the potential to influence long-term value creation uh, of an energy utility and their stakeholders. And one of the reasons this is so important, I mean, as Sandy mentioned, there's this, there's this language around sustainability that can be very difficult to nail down. And, so, and one of the uh, benefits of going through this exercise, both at the industry level, uh, and then once we've established that list, that list becomes really a template for companies to take and then take that to their stakeholders and have those conversations around, hey, here's a list of sustainability priorities that has been established. Now, how do we adapt this? How do we integrate this into our unique company culture with our uh, unique characteristics, whether that's geographical, whether that's generation uh, portfolios, whether that's culturally, whether that's with their customer profile, uh, and really build those stakeholder relationships to, to come together around the type of language and the type of priorities that exist uh, for each company. So to that, Sandy, how are electric companies then taking this research and these priorities and how do you see it being applied? Well, back in the day, we didn't do priority um, assessments or materiality assessments. Um, uh, we didn't actually do our first one at AEP until 2012, I believe it was. Um, so so um, the, what the priority um, assessment research does is a couple of things. One, the issues are more complex, right? So we need to really track those things and really understand are there emerging issues, what's changing about those things. Um, the other thing is that... Um, uh, it validates what we're doing within our companies, right? So we do a separate materiality assessment at AEP and we use the, the, the EPRI priority issues to validate along with our risk registry and our corporate goals and strategy to make sure that we are really aligned and that we're not missing something. So I say, you know, I would say that that's a major, um, that is a major, um, benefit for, for, the utilities is to have those priority issues. The metrics on the other side, on the other hand, support those, those priority issues. So you can know what the issues are, but then you've got to be able to measure them. And all the metrics are not appropriate or relevant to every single utility, but it gives us a basis from which to, um, to, to really identify, um, metrics that are comparable. Um, and relevant to the industry. And that is really important because as we know, as, as utilities and as EPRI, everyone and their mother is trying to measure us with their metrics and, and tell us what we should be doing and how we should be measuring it and how we should be reporting it. This provides industry level consistency across the board. So now that we've got sort of this basis of what the group has done and what the group is currently doing, Greg, can you give us sort of a future look at, you know, what's next for ESIC? We have two things kind of going on this year that I'm really excited about. One is that we just released uh, our first version of a sustainability data platform, uh, which is the, the first time that we've had a, a web-based platform that contains a, a really a living database of sustainability goals around the industry a really vast repository of sustainability metrics. Uh, it's going to have that peer-to-peer -peer benchmarking capability and down to a metric-by-metric -metric basis, right? So like Sandy was saying, those important metrics that are specific for the energy industry to benchmark performance. Um, 
And then another thing that we're, we're really excited about, um, we started last year and continuing is establishing really subject matter expert focused working groups to look at those metrics and how those metrics need to evolve to stay current with uh, the challenges and the best ways to measure sustainability performance in the industry. And looking forward to 2025, there's actually kind of a bittersweet thing going on. We're actually, eSig is going to be uh, merging or absorbed into our larger sustainability portfolio of research at, at EPRI. Uh, we call this the Strategic Sustainability Science Program. Uh, and it's bittersweet because it, it is the end of, of eSig as it's standalone uh, uh, thing, this group of wonderful people that has been together, um, as, as you know, uh, Jessica and Sandy have mentioned, three generations of, of EPRI leadership, multiple generations of member advisors in the group. There's been friendships, there's been laughter, there's been tears at points, you know, it's just this incredible group of people that have found this really safe space to advance this, this field. Um, but this merger also speaks to the importance of the work that's being done. Right. So by by uh, merging with this larger umbrella of research, it reflects the fact that we're having more and more conversations with executives and chief sustainability officers, uh, that this research and the insights and the outcomes are being more tied into other aspects of the utility business. And so we're going to be able to conduct this research uh, and think of it more as a comprehensive uh, um, uh, impact across the company and across the industry. So it's it's a little bit bittersweet, a little bit sad, but also very, very exciting move uh, for this group and for the research. So this has been very interesting and insightful. I wish we had more time, mostly because I want to hear more stories about how it all got started in the past 15 years. Um, but with that, I'd like to give each of you a moment, share your final thoughts with our listeners. If you can provide a funny story while you do it, that's all the better. Uh, but Jessica, why don't we uh, start off with you? Any final thoughts for our listeners? I think, um, you know, going, looking forward um, from here in the transition to this um, new energy economy and renewables is the, the challenge is really continues to be the, this trade-off question is how do we make um, really important decisions that balance greenhouse gas and water and biodiversity and um, an affordable, you know, power for all communities. Um, so we, you know, it's, it's a similar conversation. It's really, really a tricky one is, you know, we've been asked at EPRI, can you just made, make us a trade-off equation? We can just put all the pieces, all the metrics in it, and you just pop out the answer and say, here's the right decision to do on this solar build or, you know, on this area that's, that's in a disadvantaged community or nature-based solutions or whatever. So I think that's going to continue to be the thing going forward is, and actually we published this book, I have it here. You know, this was one of <laughs> a conversation on trade-offs, right? So we have two versions and Sandy was the first hand to raise, hey, I want to write a chapter for a sustainable electricity book, right? So I think that's going to be going forward we all have to work together. We have to work as a big team and uh, and try to you know come in with a very collaborative spirit because we have some really serious challenges to solve as um, as a human community on how to reduce our ecological footprint, um, be sustainable with our environment, and be you know socially respectful, um, whether it's legal or not. I think we just need to elevate a little bit of, of ourselves culturally 
And that's that's going to be what, what what's going to happen over the next decade. Great. Thank you, Jess. Sandy. I think we're going forward the way Jessica talks about, but I think in some ways we're also going to circle back to our roots. Um, you know, we're in a, we're in, a, in an era where certain aspects of the work that we do around ESG, for example, and some of the aspects of the social work that we do um, has become very politicized and toxic. And so I think we're going to need to revisit the language issue and how do we talk about these things without turning people off and still be able to advance that energy transition. I also think from a future focus, we got to pay attention to AI. I think that could be a digital disruptor for sustainability and for ESG, that we really need to be thinking about that now. Well, now there's a whole other podcast episode I want to do. Jeez, Sandy, the year's already filling up. Uh, Greg, uh, turn it over to you. Any final thoughts for our listeners? Well, first of all, I read that sustainability electricity book to prep for my interview for EPRI. So that came in handy. Um, but, uh, no, it's just, it's been, uh, uh, amazing for me over the last two years to see how these folks who take on sustainability within their organizations, whether it's an official sustainability title or not, right? Because all organizations are kind of on this spectrum of, of governance and maturity of sustainability within their organizations. But these folks really are uh, a center point for data, for collaboration within the company. And it can be really critical in making sure that, you know, one hand of the company actually knows what the other hand of the company is doing and how those, how those projects, how those initiatives have an impact on each other. Um, so I would just encourage the sustainability professionals that are out there to, to, to continue that work as, as tiresome as it can be. Um, it's been a, it's been an amazing thing to watch working with so many companies and seeing them really be the center spokes of that, of that wheel. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to see how that work and that and how that skill set can really elevate sustainability in the in the, uh, in the sector well thank you greg jessica sandy it's a great conversation i appreciate your time um and with that this is samantha gilman signing off the epi current and i hope you have a great rest of your day if you like today's show we invite you to subscribe to our podcast And feel free to share the podcast with your colleagues and friends. For more information about EPRI, please visit our website at www.epri.com. And don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter at EPRI News. Together, we are shaping the future of energy.